My name is Jay Pfeiffer. I'm with Pfeiffer Ranch in Bernie, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is great to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we've seen a lot of changes in energy security over the last few years, and we can definitely see that right here on the farm or ranch, as farm fuel prices have skyrocketed. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. If you're a wheat farmer, your season's not going to go very well if you don't have seed to plant. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about a wheat seed shortage in the Texas High Plains. Farmers and ranchers are facing several challenges this year, along with opportunities for possibly a break-even year. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and we'll explain this along with how the farm safety net of the Farm Bill comes into play, all on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas farmers and ranchers are dealing with the effects of rising input costs on just about everything. But one of the biggest input costs on a farm or ranch is fuel. Congressman August Pfluger represents the 11th District of Texas, which includes one of the largest energy fields in the world. He says we are living in a very different energy world than when he was elected just two years ago. 2019, 2020, we were energy dominant. We had the resources, we were using the resources, we were strengthening our economy, and we were making it easy for the American family to go about their daily lives, to succeed in all the areas that they wanted to succeed and to live the American dream. And now here we are, and we have the President of the United States going to Saudi Arabia to ask OPEC for more oil and gas. When we have it right here, and American families in some states are paying up to $8 a gallon Every family is making financial decisions right now that could be avoided, and they could be avoided with better policies that allowed us to unleash the potential that my district, the Permian Basin, provides, which is the energy security, not just for our country, but for other countries. Congressman Fluger says we are sitting on the largest secure supply of energy in the world right here in Texas. We have big numbers of cattle in feedlots right now, and the most recent cattle on feed report confirms that. Oklahoma State University Livestock Marketing Specialist Daryl Peel says one of the most interesting things in the latest report is the number of lightweight cattle going into the feed yards. 
placements of cattle under 700 pounds this month is up 4.1%. It was up about 5% last month, while the placements of cattle over 700 pounds is down uh, 6.1% this year. So, uh, you know, what really emphasizes in the last two months that, uh, you know, the way we're able to not be dropping placements more than we are is because we're placing a lot of lightweight cattle now. Uh, but that also means that they won't be there later to place, and so it's going to catch up with us here at some point. Peel says the drought is a big factor in those lighter weight placements, but he says feed yards are also trying to keep the lots full, and there just aren't enough heavier weight yearlings to choose from. Lubbock-based National Sorghum Producers says the Environmental Protection Agency is taking another swing at atrazine. They say the regulatory agency disregarded sound science, transparency, and the regulatory framework in their most recent atrazine proposal. National sorghum producers want farmers from all over the U.S. to join them in submitting comments and stopping the EPA from using regulatory tricks to drastically limit the use of atrazine. It's included in more than 90 herbicide products and is used on 75% of U.S. sorghum acres. Last year's wheat crop was just awful, and James Hunt tells us that may lead to wheat seed shortages this year. In the Texas High Plains, when one wheat season ends, a new one begins almost immediately. And so here in early August, we're right on the verge of planting time once again, especially for those farmers who grow wheat to provide forage for livestock. But Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell says there's a big challenge right now for those wanting to get the new season started. We have a very serious wheat seed shortage. It's a scarcity of seed that directly relates to the outcome of the season we've just left behind. As we know, largely due to our drought, the wheat season that concluded just a few weeks ago didn't go very well, with widespread crop failures, especially on the dryland side, and less production overall, including for seed. And this seed production loss is not just the Texas Panhandle. This is the whole Texas High Plains and moving into Kansas. I have visited with producers who have been trying to source seed out of Kansas, and they're already having a hard time. And we're, of course, talking about wheat, but this really is all small grains, triticale and even rye. So if producers are looking at getting wheat or a small grain, they really do need to do so as quickly as possible and get that seed reserved so that they're guaranteed some seed. Good advice there from Dr. Jordan Bell. And by the way, at the upcoming Texas A&M AgriLife Wheat Heart Wheat Conference, Dr. Bell will be giving a presentation on how to achieve high yields for grain and forage through wheat variety selection and management practices. That conference is August 11th at the Ockletree County Expo Center in Perryton. Contact the Ockletree County Extension Office if you would like more details about the event. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are always risks in farming and ranching, but those risks are even higher here in 2022. Tom Nicoletti has more. 
My guest today is Dr. Bart Fisher. He is co-director of uh, Texas A&M Agricultural and Food Policy Center based in College Station. And Dr. Fisher, you spoke to a group of farmers and ranchers recently about the challenges and opportunities ahead for Texas agriculture and farmers, ranchers, and uh, rural Texas. And what is your summary of what you had to say to them? Thanks a lot, Tom. It's great to be with you today. Production agriculture in general is a very risky business, right? And so anyone who knows agriculture knows that to be the case. And I think we're really seeing that in stark relief this year in particular. On the one hand, we do have really robust uh, commodity prices. Uh, the war in, in Ukraine has really exacerbated that, right? We already were going into the into the cropping season with prices that had largely rebounded from that six-year recession. If you only looked at that, sty- that side of the ledger for producers looking to sell products this year, it looked like a pretty, uh, a pretty uh, good picture. But we also know that those prices have been chased by considerably higher input prices as well. And so we're at this, at, at this very interesting uh, juncture where producers are having to put an enormous amount of capital at risk to put this crop in the ground. Uh, in hopes that those prices that they can sell it at hold. And so there's just an extraordinary amount of risk in the system right now, a lot of uncertainty in the system. And so one of the things we also talked about was the importance of farm policy, the farm safety net, and making sure that if those prices do fall apart, that, uh, that the safety net would be there to help them get back on their feet. When it comes to the farm safety net, Dr. Fisher says it is not designed for rapidly increasing costs that farmers and ranchers must face. My background prior to coming back to A&M, I spent uh, you know, almost 10 years working on Capitol Hill as the chief economist of the, the House Ag Committee, both in the 2014 and 2018 farm bills. And so I had a front row seat for the development uh, of farm policy in both of those cases. And nowadays, it's farm safety net is designed you know, to provide risk management, but it's focused more on prices. And it's not necessarily designed to deal with rising input costs. So usually if, if prices are low, it triggers support. That's typically when producers need it. So we are in a very unique period where we have really robust prices. The safety net is largely turned off, but yet margins are still really thin with a huge amount of money that producers are having to put on the line. And our office works directly for the House and Senate Ag Committees. You have policymakers reaching out to us wondering if something happens, you know, is the safety net going to be robust enough to address it? And I think the honest answer right now is no. And so what does that portend then for the future farm bill discussions and we're, you know, that we're just right now on the cusp of as we enter the new year. Yeah, so we actually did a study. It's posted on our website for folks who would, would want to look at it, uh, afpc.tamu.edu. It, you know, what does this cost price squeeze look like? We're pretty unique in our center you know, here in Texas in that we have what we call representative farms around the country where we work with panels of producers in 30 different states. So we can give Congress a pretty clear picture. And in doing the work for that report, what we found is that with prices where they are, even with input costs significantly higher, there still is opportunity to break even and in some cases make money this year. But that is predicated on prices holding. That is Dr. Bart Fisher, co-director of Texas A&M's Agricultural and Food Policy Center. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A national wildlife refuge in Texas is growing. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And summer temperatures are hard on pets. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on keeping your pets cool coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Attention farmers and ranchers ages 18 to 35. Texas Farm Bureau has an amazing opportunity to highlight individual achievements, discuss complex agricultural issues, share your Texas Ag story, and be rewarded. Full-time producers can apply for the Outstanding Young Farmer and Rancher Contest for a chance to win a $60,000 prize package. Part-time producers and those individuals involved in other ag industries can participate in the Excellence in Agriculture Contest for a chance to win a $15,000 prize package. Actively contributing and growing in agriculture and the Texas Farm Bureau has its benefits, like cash prizes and recognition for a job well done. For more details and an application, visit texasfarmbureau.org. Applications are due August 4th. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Summer temperatures are hard on pets. Dr. Bob Judd says there are some misconceptions about keeping your pets cool in this triple-digit heat. The first misconception is that short haircuts keep pets cool in hot weather. Dr. McLaughlin, who is a member of the Texas Veterinary Medical Association, indicates that dogs and cats do not have sweat glands all over their bodies like people and only have them on the tips of their noses and foot pads. And since they have few sweat glands, fans do not necessarily help cool pets. Another misconception is that pets cannot stay outside in the hot weather. And I've talked about this before on the program. Pets that spend the year outside acquire and build a tolerance to the summer heat by acclimating to the spring heat. To stay outside, these pets must be in good health and good shape, have lots of fresh water, shade, and protection from the elements. Pets that have some disease conditions should not be outside from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Another misconception is that pets need less food when the temperatures are high. Just eating and digesting food produces a lot of heat the body must dissipate, and this extra heat may actually increase a pet's nutritional requirements. Plan to feed your pets early morning and late evening in this heat. Lastly, panting and breathing is not the same. Panting only moves air to the back of the throat, and breathing requires air to be moved all the way to the lungs. Breathing and panting cannot occur at the same time, so pets with breathing problems like all smushed-faced dogs, must stay out of the heat. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A new webinar series is coming up on the hummingbird. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. Registration is now underway for a webinar series on hummingbirds that will teach participants how to identify, photograph, and sketch the birds. The new virtual birding seminar is hosted by the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service and is part of the Birding with Extension program. Hummer Week webinars will be held from 3 to 4 p.m. each day from August 15th through the 19th. On August 15th, author Sherry Williamson will cover hummingbird identification. On the 16th, Dr. Jesse Williamson, an ornithologist, will present Uncovering Migration of Giant Hummingbirds with Tiny Tracking Devices and Natural History Collections. 
The following day, on August 17th, author Kelly Bryan will cover The Art of Banding Hummingbirds. On the 18th, professional photographer and guide Lee Hoy will discuss photographing hummingbirds. And on the final day, August 19th, artist and illustrator Katherine Hamilton will discuss getting started sketching hummingbirds. The webinars are $30 for the series or $12 per seminar. Funds support Extension's Rio Diablo Birding Camp for ages 14 through 18. Again, those seminars are August 15th through the 19th from 3 to 4 p.m. each day. They will be recorded for those who are unable to watch them live. You must register before the seminars. A link to register and additional information is available at today.agrilife.org. That is today.agrilife.org. Up to three advanced training hours may be available for Texas master naturalists who attend the virtual seminars. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw a strongly higher trade in the cattle market on Wednesday, but grains and cotton dropped lower. We'll check all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Take the path less traveled and learn about the diversity of agriculture in the Lone Star State. It's a little education and a whole lot of fun. Texas farmers and ranchers between the ages of 18 and 35 can join the Texas Farm Bureau Young Farmer and Rancher Fall Tour. September 9th through the 11th in Amarillo, Texas. Learn about the diversity of Texas agriculture in the Amarillo area. Develop a network with other young producers across the state. Fellowship with one another and make new friends. Registration is open now. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org to register. The Texas Farm Bureau Young Farmers and Ranchers Fall Tour. The registration deadline is August 4th. Reserve your spot today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw some impressive gains Wednesday in the cattle complex. Triple-digit gains across the board for both live and feeder cattle. August live cattle jumped a dollar thirty-two on Wednesday, one thirty-seven ninety. The October up a dollar eighty-two at one forty-three ninety-five. December live cattle up a dollar sixty-seven at one forty-nine ninety-five. Same thing on the feeder cattle. August feeders up a dollar twenty-two at one seventy-nine thirty-five. September feeders up a dollar forty-five, one eighty-two ninety. With October up a dollar fifty, one eighty-five seventy. Cash fed cattle market seeing some light trade on Wednesday. Steady money here in the South selling cattle at one thirty-five on a live basis. When you look up north, they're ranging anywhere from 141 to 143 on live sales so far this week. Boxed beef was mixed Wednesday choice up 29 cents, 268.75, select down a nickel at 241.50. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. 
neighbor, when you hear cattle in the alleyway, it's time for the auctioneer to get them sold. While auctioneer Troy sells them off, let's talk to Riley Rhodes, Live Oak Livestock Three Rivers, about how the sale went for him on Monday there in Live Oak County. Riley? I ended up with 1,317 head today. Uh, good run. Uh, some good news on the cow market. Uh, they put quite a bit of money back on the cows. I guess they're getting uh, getting caught up again, kind of getting the pipelines open back up. Uh, but they were, oh, I guess four to eight better on most of the packer cows. Uh, stocker cows kind of sold steady. It's just uh, been under a lot of stress down here trying to place those with the drought. Uh, but calf market was uh, sure steady to a little better in spots on the better quality cattle. The pairs anywhere from 750 to 1350 today. Uh, some bred cows from 600 to 1025. Packer cows, like I said, they were quite a bit better. 72 to 8200 high yielding cows. 64 to 7200 breakers. 28 to 5200 canners. Uh, high yielding packer bulls, 94 to a dollar. Uh, low to medium yielding bulls, 78 to 94. Two to three weight choice steers, 162 to 190. Heifer mates 140 to 164. Three to four weight choice steers 168 to 184. Heifer mates 142 to 162. Four to five weight choice steers 164 to 186. Heifer mates 140 to 154. Five to six weight choice steers 156 to 172. Heifer mates 138 to 156. Uh, six to seven weight choice steers, 148 to 164. Heifer mates, 136 to 148. And the seven to eight weight choice steers, 130 to 148. And the heifers, 128 to 138. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next Monday's sale. 361-813-6650 is my cell. 361-786-2553 is the office. LiveOakLivestock.com is the web. Riley, thank you. Texas Farming and Ranching Neighbors, thank you, too. We're walking the pins, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I like it so much, I'll do it again for you, Mark. See you then. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs close mixed on Wednesday. The nearby August up a dollar fifteen at one twenty-one even. October hogs down thirty-seven cents, ninety-five eighty-five. Class three milk was lower. August milk down thirty-four cents at twenty oh nine a hundredweight, while September milk was down forty-six. And 1994-100. The cotton market traded both sides of unchanged on Wednesday. When it all settled out, we ended up lower with the October contract down 51 points, $1.36, while December cotton was down 38 points, $94.43. Just the opposite in the corn market. We were lower throughout most of the trading session on Wednesday. However, we turned it around near the close to finish slightly higher. September corn up a quarter penny, 5.91 and a half. December corn up two at 5.96 and a quarter. The wheat market has been feeling the pressure all week long. We've had a week-long lower trade in both hard and soft wheat. September Kansas City wheat down another six and three quarters, 8.35 and a half. September Chicago wheat down 11 cents. 763 and three quarters. In the energy markets, September natural gas up 47 cents at 818. September crude oil down 378, 9064 a barrel. The financial markets higher Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 427 points at 32,823. The Nasdaq up 319 at 12,668. The S&P up 65 points, 4,156. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. 
Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.